You're listening to Genuine Chit Chat. This show is for real. Hello there, guys, and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week, I am joined by the third time returning guest, Moxie Labouche. So if you aren't already aware, Moxie Labouche is a voice actor. She's a trivia guru and a podcaster. She has a podcast called Your Brain on Facts, which I highly recommend to people. Uh, And in addition to that, she's been on the show twice before. Uh, She was on episode 93 of Genuine Chit Chat, which is almost like an introductory episode to who she is and some of the cool reasons she does what she does. And then she was also on episode 111, which was the Christmas special from 2020, which was the UK versus US talking about the weird and wonderful differences between America and Britain when it comes to their Christmases. So this time we're kind of doing that. We're doing a revised edition. So we're doing the UK versus US round two. And this time it's basically the same thing, but not specifically Christmas related. Uh, So we talk about quite a few things and we've got a little Google Doc that we add to. Uh, So we're going to have lots of these episodes over the years, one would hope. Um, I think we are planning on doing another Christmas one as well. Uh, But in this episode in particular, we spoke about a lot of different things, including model villages, different things we've been to coffees, um, the different meanings of the word fanny, which is always a fun one uh, panel shows and pumpkin spice and lots of other weird and wonderful things so that's generally it of what we're going to be speaking about i've included links in the description to all the things that moxie's involved with including her book so i should have said as such she's an author too but oh well she is a person who has many many hats and also joining me is my occasional self-proclaimed co-host megan and any of you guys will know that she appears on occasional random episodes and is also with me on my patreon podcast as well So that's about it from me, guys. I'm going to play a quick promo for the Your Brain on Facts podcast because it is excellent. Uh, And then we'll get into the full conversation and I'll be back at the end to give you guys more information of what's coming up and what's going to be releasing while I'm away. So uh, yeah, hope you guys enjoy this. Make sure you share all the love with Moxie Labouche. And uh, here we are, UK versus US round two. Need to satisfy a hungry mind? Every week, Your Brain on Facts brings you science. Why does mint feel cold? History. King Charles II of Spain was so inbred, his family didn't bother educating him. Music. Many hit songs and even entire albums were written for revenge. Technology. The first video game was made on an oscilloscope in 1958. And every other topic under the sun. Look for Your Brain on Facts on your favorite podcast app or at yourbrainonfacts.com. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. I'm Moxie from Your Brain on Facts, and across this, the room and across the channel from me, we have... Mike from the Genuine Chit Chat podcast, and my faithful occasional co-host, Megan. Yeah. I'm Megan. Hi. <laughs> I don't have a podcast. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Tax on to mine occasionally. Am I our Patreon one? That's the closest thing you have to your own podcast. Uh, but yeah, it's wonderful speaking to you again, Moxie. And we are here today is kind of a thing that we're starting to do regularly. And I really want to keep going where we hold each other accountable for broad social trends in the other person's culture. You know, just for fun. <laughs> it is always fun when I talk to my other uh, American friends and things and some of the fun differences in, you know, all kinds of different subtleties between uh, England and America. Like we have so many similarities, but there are so many things that are just oddly different in other ways. And obviously the last time we spoke was Christmas uh, of 2020. Yes, the whole time of the last year and a half has blurred into one. So it's very hard <laughs> to figure out when things really were. Has. The fact that it was around Christmas is the only reason I have any idea of how long ago it was. 
Well, and that was that was a ripe subject matter. We had so much to go over because you're exposed to a lot of American culture, thanks to, and I love this term, coca colonization. Uh, that's just us wiping our dicks all over the entire world. <laughs> and uh, I watch a lot of uh, British TV, so I get exposed to it too. But then you have this this you don't have the depth of cultural understanding. So when you see something referenced repeatedly, you're like, I really want to know what exactly that means. I think I know what it means, but what does it actually mean? Could I Google it? Yes. What do I do instead? I put it in our Google Doc so that Mike and I can get together twice a year and talk about it. <laughs> exactly. So I'll just jump into one that that uh, has caught my eye. People would have seen uh, one of them in the movie Hot Fuzz, and they are just referenced a lot in British media. Model villages. Are these things as common as they seem? And why are they in the first place? Well, I don't know about common. They are definitely around. There's From us, we could get to two within three hours. Because there's one on the Isle of Wight, which is God's Hill, which is the big one. Yeah. And then there's the Lego. You know, do you guys, you guys have Lego, don't you? Like a mini theme parks branded by Lego. Yeah, we have Lego. We have Lego land. In, in your Lego lands, do they have model villages in there as well? Like the Lego... I've never been. Uh, well. When you say a model village, do you mean like a big village or literally models of villages that already exist? It's a little tiny miniature so, yeah, village of that village. I mean, I haven't seen them so much in the UK, but I've seen a lot of them Europe. in Italy. Hmm. So I'm half Italian and I've seen a lot of them in like museums, especially where like certain like fossils and animals are located. They'll have like little mini villages there. In the UK, I haven't seen... Well, there's the one as in, many of them. There's, you would be able to. I imagine anywhere in the UK within six hours, you'd probably find one. I don't know about up north, actually. I don't know if there's common common up north. They're kind of like a a touristy thing in some yeah. ways. I think seaside towns would be more yeah, likely. To, yeah, okay, yeah, in a seaside town, you probably will find a, yeah. a miniature village. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's one of those things. I think I, I maybe I'm pretty sure in places like Denmark, they're fairly popular as well. It's one of those random things. It's just. I didn't know in America you do you not have them at all, or is there just like one place that has them? It it's not a the, if you told someone, oh, here's a model village, you know, or if they saw one, it wouldn't blow their mind as a concept as something they'd never seen before. But it's just not done, and it's not something that ever shows up in popular culture. Now it might it might be done like uh, the centennial of the courthouse, so we made a tiny courthouse model, mm. you know, that sort of thing, but. Not that it ever gets mentioned in TV and movies, whereas I, I do see model villages, you know, it's just, like I mentioned, it was in Hot Fuzz, and I can remember one time on an episode of QI, which is something else we're going to talk about today. So I guess it's maybe one of those things that definitely exists and has been around for a while, though maybe not as common, but common enough to be a touchstone. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't think it's a thing that's as popular nowadays. Like maybe once upon a time, it was probably more frequent, but... Yeah, you kind of... They're, they're usually not the main attraction of a place anymore. It's now more so, oh, come to this place. We've got a farm, a model village, and yeah, something yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. normally like oh, a, yeah, a co-headliners. Farms, farms, a lot of farms will have mi yeah. miniature villages. Yeah, as well, so it's like a co-headliner okay. sort of thing, not the main attraction. So a, a petting zoo for the kids and a model <laughs> village for the <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's not very uncommon, I'd say, uh, over here. Um, but in America, I've noticed that you guys have a lot of... Um, or at least it seems that way from uh, history, uh, from TV and stuff, is um, world's biggest whatever. Like, oh, like yes. You just have like a yes. can of soup that's just the biggest. Yeah. Like, that, that's yeah. Sort of Roadside attraction. Like a now, now, do you mean 
Do you mean largeness uh, records in general or roadside attractions particularly? Both. Because, yes, we love the shit apparently out of some uh, roadside attractions, uh, especially in the Plains states. So, you know, you can picture America and there's kind of a mountain range uh, at either end. And then in the middle, just flat, just flat, not a lot going on. Uh, and so on those long stretches of road and in some parts of the country, a very straight and uh, featureless road, all of a sudden, world's biggest rocking chair, hotel shaped like a duck, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. No, we, we love this. Because I think it's in like an episode, episode of The Simpsons. It's like the world's biggest ball of yarn or and then like uh-huh. the world's biggest tire fire. <laughs> well, yeah, that's in Springfield. Yeah. 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 That's in Springfield. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that is a, that is an odd thing for me. I guess it's because obviously it, America is so big that when you drive it, you need a pit stop. So they have those things to kind of go to the road, get out, stretch your legs. Whereas in the UK, it's so small that you could, well, I mean, you can drive from Southampton, which is basically as south as you can really get up to Scotland in like 13 hours if you like continuously go for that. And that's the whole. Why the hell does it take 13 hours to drive? Yeah, well, if you include some degree, the entire UK is the side of the size of Michigan. Why would it take? Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of roads that go like around cities and things like that and hills. But then there's also uh, stops, okay. as, like not stopping for long periods of time. But obviously, if you're driving for a certain, like there's there are service stations everywhere in the yeah. UK. You can, it's rare to drive anywhere without there being a service station, and they're always so fun. So <laughs> we got to stop stop there for a few minutes. Yeah, um, but yeah, we have. I think I haven't driven to. We're due to drive to Scotland soon, but. Yeah, I mean, I personally haven't driven to Scotland, but I know Liverpool, people have done it in like 12 hours. Yeah, Liverpool took, which isn't Scotland, but Liverpool took about, it was about eight or nine hours the scenic route and probably seven hours maybe for, it depends where in Scotland though as well. Because if you, if if you a, go right to the top, then yeah, obviously... That'll take ages. You have to then get ferries. You guys would not have liked being on tour with us then when we were doing burlesque because, you know, you could easily spend, you know, seven, eight hours straight. You know, particularly if everybody's sleeping. Um, but I guess, you know, that's just a matter of of what's relative distance for you. Because, like, if I have to drive across town here and it's half an hour, I'm annoyed. If I lived in the Southwest and you told me, hey, there's a concert, it's four hours away, I'd be like, cool, let's go. Because everything is so spread out, you're, you're guaranteed a minimum of an hour drive to get anywhere. I had a friend come and visit me from, uh, he's from Essex. And he missed his connecting flight at JFK to get down to Richmond. And I'm like, okay, you just have to take a Greyhound. It's an eight-hour uh, bus ride. He's like, eight hours? I'm like, dude, you are at a much bigger landmass than you are used to. That is nothing for us. I don't even pack food for anything less than six hours. Oh, six so, hours yeah. is a mission for Yeah, when I went to oh, my no. friend, she uh, she currently lives in Charlotte in North Carolina, but her family are from like the Outer Banks. So we went to visit her family and... It was like a five or six hour drive. And I was like, how is this still the same state? I don't understand. Like five or six hours in the UK takes you to like a completely, like a proper, completely different area of the country. I was like, we're still in the same area. I don't understand. You can go from country to country. Easy. From from Wales to Scotland. Oh, you we, could, could, we could get to get France there. in less than six hours. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously on the, the Eurostar or on a boat <laughs> or something. But it, it's funny with the, um, England compared to America though, because you guys have got an abundance of space. And we haven't got anywhere near enough space in a lot of ways. Like, we've got a lot of nice countryside, but all the settlements are just, you know, built on the same place over and over and over again, you know, sort of things. Whereas because you're the modern colonized version of America is, you know, only a few hundred years old, 
the difference in sort of we just cram everything in so oh what can we put in this little tiny area let's put a little model village what can we put in this <laughs> tiny little thing there let's put a farm shop whereas in america it's like what, what do you want to do well we've got 18 miles or hundreds of kilometers that we just own so let's just put a giant rocking chair there for, the, for a laugh you know it's just the completely different mindsets in that respect it really is we've got quite a bit of america to work with <laughs> yeah and it's also australia's Not- massive as well yeah, I mean, and they're about the same size. And uh, it, I always have to remind myself not to lump Australia together, like geographically or or like land type is not what, what the hell kind of word am I looking for from fifth grade science class. But how there's, you know, the bush, but there's also rainforests and, and oh, there's, you know, cold polar re- you know, uh, mountain regions. Bio, thank you. Good enough. Not, <laughs> not also not making it all one biome, because tell me you don't picture Australia, you just picture the outback. No, it's no. Yeah, because it's. I, I kind of think of it almost like a donut. I just think of there's the the middle, which is the outback, and then everything else. So I'm. Quite, <laughs> I do kind of look at it almost in one brush. And unfortunately, I'm very uncultured when it comes to Australia. <laughs> well, like you know, only like the ten percent around the coast gets ninety percent of the rain, or something like that. So the donut analogy is not inc- inaccurate. But you pick the next topic. Well, I was gonna uh, pick up something which I wrote on the the list of destiny. And it's something that's always baffled oh, me. Oh, i got to rename the file. Hold on. <laughs> it's, it's at the bottom. It's just... List of destiny. <laughs> it's uh, tuna fish. The, why do you call it tuna fish, but you don't call salmon salmon fish, and you don't call cod codfish, but there's nothing else in my knowledge that Americans call tuna? That's such a weird thing no, to pick you, up if, on. <laughs> if you think there's something else, if there's, if there's like the name of a fish that was called something else as well, then that would make sense, because you'd be like, oh, well, this is tuna, and this is tuna fish. If you did it with everything, if you were like, oh, we call them salmon fish, we call them codfish. If you called them all fishes. I mean, we still call American cheese American cheese instead of just calling it cheese. We could leave that off. It's redundant. Same thing with French fries in France and Swiss cheese in Switzerland. That is actually etymologically kind of interesting. It's not something I ever recognized uh, that we only tack fish onto tuna. And now I really (laughs) want to know. I want to like. Rather than again looking it up my damn self, I want to sick some of my you know language podcaster friends, uh, like the folks from Bunny Trails, sick them on it and find out why. I I don't know. <laughs> I should have saved that one for the end. That was one of the big guns. Uh, could also hear your thunder as well. Which yeah, is, uh... it's it's uh, summer in the south, and I, I had to stop my you know professional voiceover recording anyway. So this was actually timed really well since I couldn't be. Making my paper. <laughs> yeah, all storm. Yeah, a bit of thunder. That adds to the atmosphere and things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a tuna fish. So that's the mystery of everyone has to try and answer. So I think it moves back to you then with that yeah, nice and okay. easy one. Okay. It's softball. This was it, meaning it's this is going to be an easy one. High Street. Is that, will the street be labeled High Street, like the name of the street? Or is that just the shopping district, district everywhere is referred to as? the high street it can be both so normally if it is the main high street it is a high street i'm thinking about eastleigh which is the the town that i grew up in the main street is called high street so i can speak for eastleigh as as a town that that is the case it's very common it is common i think it's normally because england is once again so old they don't generally rename roads much no there are a lot of roads that are the same name so like (laughs) i remember one time mike and i when we first moved here 
Um, so we, I put in our address, we'd been out for the day, I put in our address and, um, I didn't look at the address properly because I didn't read that it didn't say Southampton and it said Basingstoke instead, which is a different town. And then I woke up in the car and I was like, why are we in Basingstoke? But it's because I put in our street name for the wrong town and then we had to drive another 50 minutes to get home. <laughs> yeah, which wasn't too bad. Fortunately, didn't drive in the opposite direction. Uh, like, this doesn't think, look familiar. Yeah, I guess uh, that's probably it. It's just, yeah. I think it, it's a very common it's the high thing. street. It's, if you're in any town in Southampton, uh, it's Southampton. If you're in any town in England, um, or even I think the UK, and you say to someone, "Where's the nearest high street?" They'll always take you to yeah the main centre of yeah. of the towns and things. And yeah, they're pretty pretty much always called it um, high street, unless there's like a you know it's called the Southampton High Street. But I don't think many places have got the name of the the town in them do they it's normally yeah. the opposite in Southampton we've got Winchester Road and Portsmouth Road and all kinds of other road names of other places and there's other places that have Southampton Road I'd, I'd be intrigued to look it up because I as I say I like I know from Eastleigh specifically that it is called the High Street and it's also the Main Street mm. but I don't know if that is the case in every single town in the UK but generally I think it is for, for the most part for what I've seen I think that is the case hmm. good to know <laughs> Do you guys have a name for the a main area of? Because is it First Street is norm or First Avenue? Was that just a common name? Okay, well that 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 can vary from from city to city. And here's a little fun fact: if you're ever driving in America, um, on the actual highway system, if it has a an odd number, it's going north to south. If it is an even number, it goes east to west. Huh. But, okay, in terms of, see, like in the downtown proper, I live in the suburban sprawl. So, you know, all bets are off out here. But talking about in a, in a city center, you'll almost always have Main Street, Bob's. Uh, Broad Street is pretty common. But then again, I live in a city that has one. It may just seem more common uh, to me. Shopping, of course, happens everywhere because of capitalism. Uh, but every town will... Any good city has like its quirky little shopping district, which has its own special name. So in uh, Philadelphia, it's Georgetown. In Richmond, it's Carytown. Um, people here listening to this know right off the top of their head what you know what the one is in their city. But yeah, I mean, apart from Main Street, that's really the only one you can expect absolutely to find. And then you get you know the numbered streets going across, numbers getting higher as you go outward. So if you're ever turned around in an American city center and you need to get back downtown, go in the direction that make the numbers go lower. And that's what's called downtown. Yeah. Wow. It could very well be. Yep. Brilliant. That's a a very exciting. That would have helped me a lot if I'd known that information when I was actually in America. (laughs) It reminds me of... uh, when I worked at an Amazon warehouse uh, training other order pickers and one guy said he missed his break because he spent 15 minutes just trying to find the way out. And I'm like, there's an exit sign required by law every 20 feet. Why don't you just go in the direction the exit signs are pointing? Go take your break now, I guess, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't exactly draw the cream of the crop that place, but <laughs> there's loads of places you can work. I mean, I haven't worked in a massive, massive amount of places, but there are, there's usually at least one person who doesn't really know what they're doing in each place I've worked at. At least. <laughs> a lot more other people, I think. And if, and, and if you're looking at your office right now and you don't see that person, congratulations. It is you. <laughs> it is you. <laughs> so here's a question when it comes to uh, milk then, in, uh, milk coffees, is that 
in films, it always says, oh, you put cream in your coffee. Do, do you actually put cream in it or is it just another word for milk? I mean, it covers the dairy kind of generically, but yeah, you know, people have preferences as to if they want heavy cream, if they want half and half, which is, you know, half milk, half cream. Um, if they're putting just milk, if it's creamer, if it's soy milk, almond milk, oat milk, but you could say any of those, you could say milk, cream or creamer just to refer to whatever dairy. Nobody's going to bother getting specific unless they have like, unless it's going to give them gas and you're stuck in the car with them. <laughs> you know, nobody's going to be that particular. Cream in your, in your coffee. Yeah, that sounds mental. Yeah. Sounds lovely. It adds it adds a, a fuller, a richer mouthfeel. It's one of the things that I, I don't like coffee as much as I like what coffee does for me. You know, I have, I've got shit to do. And, you know, I'm one of the 43% of people uh, who find that coffee exonerates the bowels. So, yeah, I've got shit to do twice. Um, <laughs> but I don't, one of the reasons I don't like black coffee, apart from the horrible, horrible flavor of it, is the watery mouthfeel. But when I've got my dairy in there and my sweetness, which is how I take it, then, yeah, it's closer to, to being a cocoa, which suits me down to the ground. Yeah, I, I mean, I can imagine cream and it would be nice. I know I'm not saying that it probably wouldn't be nice. It's just an odd concept because, I mean, I don't really use cream. For, we don't buy cream. Well, I think a similar would be if we used like whole, full, whole milk. If yeah. we use full fat milk over here, that would be a more similar consistency because I think the, the standard average in the UK is to use green milk, which is semi skimmed. Yeah. So yeah. that's just like the heart. So am I, am I safe in assuming that bottles of coffee creamer not taking up a lot of space at the grocery store? I don't think I've even, I don't even seen know. It. What, I don't. I don't think I've ever seen coffee creamer. No. We we just. Have- I did not know about this particular difference, and I'm so excited to have discovered this. <laughs> and I'm so sorry that you have to live in a country that doesn't bother to have coffee creamer. <laughs> I think maybe the little tiny pots that you get. Um, the little yeah, it's tiny- like that, but there's a whole bottle of it. <laughs> yeah, but that's milk. Yeah, I know, but I think that's UHT milk. Right. Okay. That's long last. That's long life milk. That's not cream. Right. That is, yeah, because I don't think I've ever seen the, the thing when you pour it and it's thick. It's always water consistency. Yeah, isn't it? it's always rank, that milk. It's not great. <laughs> um, we, yeah, fr- but we, uh, have, we have whole milk, semi-skimmed milk, and then skimmed milk. Oh, skimmed milk. And then... Yes. And that, that's that's it. And then we have all of the different like non-dairy variations of... Well, yeah, like Starbucks like, and things. Well, we have yeah, oat milk, oat almond milk, milk etc. Et 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 but otherwise, it's but just those three types of milk. We, we don't use, have cream. We use milk frothers a lot. But I yeah, think but that's, that's, that's just in milk as still. Well. That's not, yeah, that's not cream. No. And also, I think our creams are different anyway because Mike bought me an American recipe book. Well, a, a, a recipe book that was made by an American, and they had a type of cream in there that I didn't know of. I'd never heard of it, so I had to look it up and find out what it was. And it was a type of cream that is thicker than the thickest cream that we have in the UK. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think it's like extra double cream or something. Yeah, I think it was like whip, whipping cream, maybe. Yeah, I mean, whipping cream, heavy cream, um, I know you guys call it double cream, it, it's basically the same thing. And even if the fat percentages are a little bit different one to the other, it's still going to do the job. So is it that stuff that they put in coffee? Yes, yeah, some people do. Wow. Yeah, but That's you know, it. it varies. <laughs> but also when you're at the store, if you're at like a proper big, you know, uh, hypermarché, look for coffee creamer, you know? Like a nice, a nice French vanilla or a hazelnut. Really treat yourself to this thing that I drink every single day. <laughs> we, yeah, we don't have coffee creamer. We have syrups. Well, I, I know everyone has syrups. But we'll have a look. Yeah. Next time we go to the supermarket, we'll have a look for coffee. Well, worst creamer. case scenario, you can blend heavy cream and you know, or half and half if you've got that. Um, 
with one of those flavored syrups, Bob's your uncle, coffee creamer. Nice. You can in one bottle though. That's, I just that's, want to try it that's now. That's mental. Uh, yeah, we'll have to put that on the list. Just when we go into Tesco, go to like the American section. Yeah, but in the American section, it's just like Reese's Reese's cereal and Reese's peanut butter. No, they cups do have like maple. They have like maple syrup and like the specific on and, brand and pumpkin puree. Oh yeah, <laughs> cans of pumpkin pie. puree to make pumpkin pie. Yeah, because that's not very common over here either. Just pumpkin in a can. I'm glad you pie. didn't say pumpkin spice. So I, I was surprised that you said pumpkin puree, but in the same time, kind of relieved. <laughs> You've been spared, I imagine, the insane ubiquity of this particular flavor every autumn. I think Only. Starbucks, because obviously it's an American company, Starbucks have their pumpkin spice latte that yeah, comes they, out around Halloween they time. Started, they started this nonsense, <laughs> and... We're all paying for it now. <laughs> Every single freaking thing at the store, starting in late August, will have a pumpkin spice variation out. Everything. Cereal, coffee cake, salsa. For those wow. not familiar with Mexican cuisine, pumpkin spice has nothing to say to a jar of salsa and vice versa. <laughs> now, the inclusion of actual pumpkin could be argued to be authentic since uh, pumpkin is a new world food. But yeah, my problem is not basic bitches drinking pumpkin spice lattes because pumpkin spice lattes, which by the way, aren't actually coffee. It's just flavored milk and syrup, but nobody knows that. Um, it literally does not have coffee in it. Let the basic bitches have that. My problem is the fact that Every manufacturer of every kind of thing, food, candles, cleaning products, everything comes out pumpkin spice for three months out of the year. Because pumpkin spice is, is the smell of like cinnamon and stuff, isn't it? It's, it's that kind cinnamon, of spice. ginger, clove, yeah. nutmeg. Why would, stuff, you, yeah. why would you want everything to smell like that? I would want we my don't. clothes to smell we like that. We don't. We don't. <laughs> Clearly but enough some, of the demographic but enough, do. <laughs> enough basic bitches keep buying this. <laughs> That they keep making it, and they keep making more and more and more of it. And it ruins a flavor I genuinely like, because those warming spices are lovely. Hmm, yeah, we don't get that at all. No. It's just Starbucks. Not, not for pumpkins. Uh, maybe no. I think, I feel like McDonald's might do it as well, but that's it's always very limited edition for like a, a few weeks or something. To be honest, though, it's only really recently that people have been getting on the, I think it's like, especially in the past couple of years, that people have been getting on the like pumpkin pie hype in the UK. I mean, Mm. myself included also did make a pumpkin pie last year, but we were in a lockdown, so everyone was making pumpkin pie. But uh, yeah, I I think it's only really... Because there's, there's one. Oh, yeah, there's the like, Denny's. There's and... like three Denny's in England now, in the UK now. And there there was the first one was opened in Wales. And we have friends who live in Wales. So we went to a Denny's and it's similar menu and stuff. And they had pumpkin pie there. And that's the first time I had pumpkin pie. I was like, I was with you. So it's within the last three years. Yeah. Yeah. So we over here, pumpkin isn't really. It's not massive. Goes pumpkin And even picking. obviously, Denny's is, is an American chain. So yeah, I was yeah. going to ask if you guys have Waffle House. And then I'll, I'll just educate you on the glory that is the Waffle House. But finish your thought about pumpkin. And pumpkin pie. Yeah, I mean, pumpkins are a thing around Halloween and stuff. Like, there's always pumpkin carving, jack-o'-lanterns. We don't call them jack-o'-lanterns. We don't call them jack-o'-lanterns. We just Um, call them pumpkins. Yeah, because (laughs) the only time we ever have them around is Halloween to carve pumpkins, put them out, put candles and stuff in them. And very not that many people make food out of them, do they? No, normally people literally just scoop the insides out and use it to make a a jack-o'-lantern. Sadly, that is the same here. Uh, the, the jack-o'-lantern is far and away the, the big use for pumpkins. 
And uh, we used to, I used to work at an Aldi and the ones that we got in were like just ginormous, but they weighed nothing for their size. So they were, they were really thin wall. They were just made for carving. There was like no meat to them. If you like cooking with things like butternut squash, any of the orange fleshed winter squashes, grab a pumpkin. It's the exact same thing once you cook it down. And no, I, I love cooking with pumpkin, but I am in the minority for sure. And pumpkin pie can be very polarizing. People who do not like pumpkin pie do not like pumpkin pie. Yeah, yeah. We actually still have some pumpkin soup in the freezer that I made around Halloween time. I wasn't as much of a fan of it. I mean, neither was I, which is why it's still in the freezer. <laughs> the world a little, sh- shred a little smoked uh, chicken or smoked turkey on top of that with uh, some dollops of uh, creme fraiche or sour cream, some chopped green onion, boom, whole new dish. Ooh, I'm going to have to do that. Yeah, you can. Get you ready can, because I can use up the pumpkin you've got soup. weeks at home I do. without me. So, yeah. yeah uh, That's what I can do. Work and whatnot. <laughs> um, so your thing was pumpkin latte, but you're going to ask something about... Waffle House. Waffle House, yeah. Yeah. Do you have them? I've never heard of it. No, I don't think... I think we, there's... We don't have that brand, I don't think. Or if there is, there's like I've one n- or two I've never them. heard of Waffle House. No, but we've got in uh, Marlins, there's the pancake... It's called the Stack House, but it's the pancake place that does waffles. We ha- we went to a place literally two days ago where there's waffles and pancakes. Yeah, I mean we have we have places that sell waffles and pancakes, but specifically uh, the waffle, waffle house. house. When you mentioned Denny's, which surprised me that there would even be three, um, Waffle House makes Denny's look fancy almost. It is this. <laughs> it, it, it there's these small little diners. Everything's like real stripped down and efficient. It's got a little bit of the, you know, 50s diner aesthetic going, not leaning super heavy into like the poodle skirt kind, but just in the, you know, the era. Um, you go in, you eat, you get the fuck out. You, you know, <laughs> it's open 24-7. And uh, FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Agency here in the U.S., actually has an unofficial Waffle House scale to judge how severe a natural disaster is. If the waffle, because ha- a waffle house can run without power for a certain amount of time, it can run without running water for a certain amount of time. They're actually made to be like this, and they often serve the responders to natural disasters. So it has to be really, really, really bad to close a waffle house down. So you could actually tell how bad the hurricane was based on how many of the waffle houses are still up and running. That's oh, crazy. Wow. Yeah. We don't have uh, the places we have that are twenty four hours. They're few and far between. It's normally open. I don't even know if the Denny's in the UK are 24 hours. I don't think, I don't they, think they are. Most of the, the time the Denny's that I... When I went to Vegas, Denny's was like the only place that you could eat that was near the accommodation that I was staying at. So I ate at Denny's quite a lot because it was open 24-7. We don't have very many That's their business places. model. Yeah. It could, well, drunk people obviously make sense, but we've got... We have like kebab houses and places you can just order like burgers and pizza and yeah, like, chips. Or yeah, fries. like drunken night takeaways. But even then, they, they're not open 24 hours. They'll they shut at like 5am depending on the area. Yeah, some places are 5. But places to actually go to eat. Okay, I think there's a few McDonald's about. Which are like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the the McDonald's in my university town was twenty four hours but often they don't open the shop part sometimes if they're drive through yeah just things. just the drive through would be open yeah yeah. Well, yeah there was there's one in Southampton that I think is twenty four hours as well but you don't go into the store they've got like a, a like a panel thing where you order through the panel and then they give it to you in like a little slot so that drunk people can't go in and vandalize. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we don't yeah, have waffle houses open like that because we've got places like we've got Ed's Easy Diner. And place like, which, which, is, which is an American diner, yeah. And that, that's a franchise. So there's quite a few places that 
probably trying to mimic that where they do milkshakes, burgers, you know, yeah. uh, giant onion rings, just really incredible lush stuff that is the best, but it's probably not. Oh, not it's great terrible for you. for you. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible for you. Yeah, it's it's absolutely awful. I I had a thought, lost it, regained it, lost it again. Oh, have you all ever had chicken and waffles? Yes, I love yeah, it. Yeah, we have. Okay, good. Waffles. It's good. so good. As soon as I went to my first place, it's when you had it at Denny's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was about to say, as soon as and I went what to did, important question, what did you put on it? Uh, the spiced syrup. I was excited by that. Cool. It was uh, because it was the normal syrup and spice, and I was like, I'm going to give it a go. Give it the spice one, and I liked it. I think I probably preferred normal syrup, but I'm a sweet fiend, so maple syrup and honey and any of that sort of stuff, I'll just destroy things with it. And the spice was nice; it was quite different. But I was like, I like the the sweetness with the chicken more than I like the hint of spice. So yeah, I, I love mixing savory and sweet all the time. Bacon and oh, syrup yeah. and oh, pancakes yeah. anytime I can. It's just. Breakfast buffets are my favorite thing in the entire world. <laughs> I just get so excited if we're going anywhere and there's a chance for a breakfast buffet. I need it. You can see Megan's face. That is, uh, he does. I get he, so he excited. Loves the breakfast buffet. <laughs> breakfast buffet or gingerbread. That's when I get the most excited. What the hell's not to love in a breakfast buffet? You know. Yeah, our favorite I've, food is breakfast food. I've picked hotels to stay at based on the breakfast. Like, oh I, yeah, go, same. <laughs> you go, you go to the TripAdvisor. You get that picture of the the breakfast room. You're like, mm, that's not going to cut it. I need more. <laughs> Oh yeah, we we went to a place um in it wasn't Stratford Point even it was Somerset and we went to that place. Oh, well, the place like, that the we went to recently. Bre- well, yeah, the reason I picked that pub is because they had a really good review for breakfast. I think it's the Vintage Inn in Wellington. Wellington. If anyone wants, if anyone in the UK listeners want to go, if they're going for a Somerset cider tour, which is what we went for, and this place had. Um, there's a butcher's across the road that has award-winning sausages and they serve them in their breakfasts. So we chose that one. They were lush as well. They were good sausages. They were cracking. Um, yeah. Uh, what were we talking about? Not uh, sure. I'm no idea whose go it is because we're doing so much good, uh, so many good tangents. But here's something I've always been curious about. Mm. If you will sum it up for the folks at home, ASBO. ASBO. Uh, right. There's a, it's, a, it's an acronym. Antisocial... Mm-hmm. Behavior order, order. I believe order. Yeah, yeah. It it's basically. Well, I was about to say it's when chavs break stuff, but you guys don't know what chavs are. So. <laughs> and chavs don't really exist anymore. Not as much. No, there's still a few <laughs> pockets of them. Um, we basically- have we have chavy enough people. Uh, so for for my listeners, think uh, Chad or Dude Bro. <laughs> kind of like that, yeah. But on a Chad or Dude Bro who is more on the lower economic lower end of the economic spectrum. It Inner gem- city white trash dude, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. more or less. The, the, and for a, a very easy derogatory old person term, a hooligan. <laughs> it's just, you know, that sort of uh, thing. It's, it's just basically if someone who's young does something, normally smashing windows of buildings or... So do they even give out asbos anymore? A friend of ours, um, the one I call the bear, who I always give hugs to. Yeah. He, I'm pretty sure he has one. Yeah, I know, but he's also our age. He's... He's our age, yeah, so it depends, it's not like he got, ten... he got given this ASBO like a year ago. No, it was pro- over 10 years ago he got it. Yeah, so. and what I'm saying is that I don't know if they hand out ASBOs anymore, but then again, I'm also not 14 anymore, so I don't hang around with that age group that are going to be getting ASBOs. I only know one person <laughs> who I know for sure has got one, but yeah, it's just, it's just an order from the police basically telling you off. It's like, just like a warning. It's like a strong... I think if you get a, a certain amount of ASBOs, then it, it becomes an, like a, an official thing on your record. Yeah, because do we have Juvenile Hall here? I honestly don't know. I wasn't a bad kid. I don't know about all of us. <laughs> no, <was> I. <laughs> I went to quite a rough school uh, between the age of 10 and You probably knew 16. a load of kids that had asbos. I knew a kid who uh, robs someone's flat by 
when they opened the door, they smashed him in the head with a hammer. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's that's all, all right. I know. That, no... took a, that took a time. Childhood for shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't someone I like to associate myself with. It's just someone I vaguely knew from school. But no, as do they not have something like that in the states? Juvie. I mean, you juvie. could get you could get like a ticket essentially for uh, disorderly conduct, but that's really more of a low end criminal charge. Hmm. Whereas the ASBO seems to it, is that is there like a fine involved? Are you going to end up having to go to court? I honestly don't know. I thought it was just like a piece of paper that you got given, and it was like, here you go, here's an ASBO. But then again, I I didn't hang out with You didn't get any, yeah. I didn't get anything like that, and I wasn't one of those people that hung out with the people that got them. It's a a court order which can be obtained by local authorities in order to restrict the behaviour of a person likely to come harm or distress. So it's almost like a very low-key house arrest. It's kind of like, we'll monitor you. It's like a curfew. Yeah, we'll monitor you and say, right. I'm watching you. Yeah, basically. No no out before 11, no go around, you know, abandoned buildings and stuff um but yeah um yeah that's what asbo is uh, i was about to go down a rabbit hole for talking about asbos then let's not do that um one thing i want to bring up in our conversation is something you know the origins of words and things i wonder if you can elaborate a on a couple this. or three yeah. <laughs> just a couple or 400 i didn't know i didn't know why we say tuna fish so i don't <laughs> 50 50 shot here buddy <laughs> okay the word fanny which over here is actually quite uh quite rude yeah <laughs> euphemism it's kind of a it's, it's gross-ish it's, word. Well, it's, it's either a gross-ish word or it's what a child says when they want to talk it, about a vagina. Vagina. <laughs> yes. The, the female pudenda. As, uh, <laughs> see, it was either Stephen Fry or Sally Talk- Sandy Toxvig said that. And I'm like, That's the, it must have been Stephen Fry. Because women would not use that word. No. I mean, <laughs> pudenda. We just, we just would not. Uh, yeah, Fanny has the potential to cause some confusion. I feel like you and I have discussed this word before. We might have yeah, but it's worth it's worth revisiting because it could lead to a potentially, you know, awkward conversation if you've got a Brit and an American who don't realize the words mean different things. Because on this side, a uh, fanny means your butt, but it's kind of uh generationally obsolete. You know, your grandmother, you know, might pat you on the fanny, but <laughs> no one no one else really would use unless you need it to rhyme for something. Uh so and it, it seems to me that this word really only ro- rose in prominence, at least in the British media that I take in, in the last decade or so. And of course, you know, those euphemism and, and terms, they have trends and fashions and come and go as well. So I blame that as being a newer thing. But yes, so tell me, that leads to a, a very important question. Do you giggle when you hear the term fanny pack? Not anymore. <laughs> I remember the first time I heard the phrase fanny pack and I was just like, I'm sorry. What? And also the first phrase. How much when, can you pack in? Yeah. <laughs> and also the first time that I heard, like as you said, like a nan saying patting the fanny. It's just like <laughs> absolute no. Like no, that's so weird. Uh, no, not so much anymore. Like sometimes, uh, it comes up in conversation in like class or like we watch something that's an American show and they say a fanny pack and the students that I teach start to giggle. And I'm like, it just just means bum, guys. Come on. It just means bum. I just find it weird that we've got... It's like literally... It's the opposite side of the body for us. It's the front butt. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Front front bum, back bum. But it's also a fanny pack, isn't it? Because we call them bum bags, but you don't don't wear them on on the back. You wear them on the front. I think that's become a new thing because I think people used to wear them on the back. Surely that just makes it easier to pickpocket. Exactly, which is why people stopped doing that. Yeah, and it it depends (laughs) on where you wear... If you wear them like off to the side... Like a you know on your hip versus wearing it like dead center, 
you know, and I was not happy to see these come back, even though I love utility and I love anything with pockets. I lived through this once already. We <laughs> we didn't need to revisit this. Let's bring back hair metal if we're really feeling nostalgic <laughs> for 1989. I used to have Please back. bring back hair metal. Hair metal? It's like Motley Crue. Oh, uh, right. <laughs> Steel Panther are a good mod- modern sort of hair metal band well, that's still going. Well, Steel Panther are a um, parody. Van Halen tribute group. No, they're, they're a cover group. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. They're, they're a Van Halen that. cover group. I did not even know that. Oh, yeah. There you go. Well, Megan doesn't <laughs> know. I, I didn't Steel even Panther. know who they are. No, but... Uh, if you go online, if you search for Steel Panther online, what you'll find is a video of this like 12-year-old boy who had held up a sign like challenging their guitarist to a, a guitar duel, and they bring him up on stage, and he has the intro to, to Jump, that um, Eddie Van Halen solo at the beginning of the song Jump, and he nails it note for note perfectly. And he's like 12. Wow. So if nothing else is a feel good video to look for, if you need one today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was weird. Cause I watched them. Um, it was in SpongeBob. That was the first time I heard the word fanny. It was like a plankton once says to SpongeBob, was like, Oh, it'd be such a pain in the fanny. And I was like, Whoa, <laughs> when I was like 10. And I was like, what Did plankton just say vagina on kids TV. What's happening. I'm confused. Why is he telling SpongeBob to hit him in the, what? I was so confused. And then I was <laughs> yeah, like, oh. I actually think something similar happened to me. Cause I remember watching Sabrina, the teenage witch, and I'm pretty sure they had a song where they sang the word fanny in it. And I think it was like shake your fanny or something, but obviously doesn't mean vagina, but I was singing it. And then my mum told me off because she said it was a bad word. So very rarely used over here. Your defense—that's yeah. defensible. You were using it in the context in which you learned it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know any better. I was on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Classic show. <laughs> what a show that was. Should the live been action fine. one. Should have been fine. <laughs> now I th- here's something I want to ask about, but I also need to look up a special fact that I want to share uh, at the end. Another thing I see a lot of in the British media that I take in panel shows not referring to contests with a panel of judges like x factor and stuff like that but like uh qi eight out of ten cats um i don't know countdown's a game show but never mind the buzzcocks was one oh uh, yeah, yeah uh have would i lie to you have i got news for you, no. yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, just, for you? just so many and, one with and panel-based game shows that too oh yeah the mock the week there we go that's the one yeah if you had to venture a guess why do the British Isles love panel shows so? Because we're funnier than Americans. <laughs> oh <Okay>. my god! <laughs> yeah, but sometimes they have Americans on them. I know. Well, they have. Good, they do have some good Americans on there. It, it's generally just. It's a good way to. Yeah, just but then have... one time they had David Hasselhoff on Eight Out of Ten Cats, and he sincerely did not know where he was. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> like, okay, I'm not yeah, sure. Please. I'm not sure he knew what city he was in, let alone what the show was supposed to be about. I've met David Hasselhoff. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> he signed a doorway, didn't he, in your old school? Yeah, he came to my school. <laughs> anyway. What a, what a tale that was. <laughs> but it's, um, With panel shows, it's basically just most of the time you've got three people on either side and a judge or a, the person who's kind of hosting. The host is always a comedian. Then nice. there's normally the captains. One normally captain comedians. Are also comedians. And then you get four guests often. And you normally get two of them are also comedians and two of them are other random people. Sometimes two of them are like, they're normally like a singer or that's a really funny or an actor that is, has a sense of humor. They're always people that have that. But they well, try. Generally can you handle it. Yeah, because there's rubbish. Yeah, really. There, there's always that one person like, you are really not adding much to the procedures. And sometimes that's one of the comics because to be honest, I don't find Holly Walsh funny in the slightest. Mm. Deep yeah, cut that. for the Brits there. <laughs> <laughs> but I have I have a bonus fact about the best panel show of all time. 
QI, which has the worst theme song of all time. It just really doesn't do the show any justice. Well, it was made that way on purpose. The the beat of the song, the the meter of the song is Morse code. And it had been, and they'd kept it hidden for like 12 years that it was actually spelling out a website you could go to, which sadly is not up anymore. And I didn't put it in the Wayback Machine. It was www.alanzeroandstephenhero.com. So the QI theme song was spelling out a, what I'm assuming was a website dunking on uh, Alan Davies. It spelled it out in Morse code and they didn't tell anybody for 12 years. Wow. That's crazy. That's one of those in-jokes that's so far in. It was so far in. (laughs) Oh my God. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah, he learns something new every day. I mean, well, I mean, every time I learn, watch QI, even if I've seen the episode before, I learn something new. Well, you, can't, you can't retain all of it in the first go. No, you've <laughs> no, got to watch it multiple times. So many. That's, that's the best thing of when you're like, well, when we used to channel hop because we don't really do that anymore. But like when, you know, eating dinner with the parents and say, oh, there's a QI episode I've seen before. Do you, really? Yeah, but I can only remember. Oh, and there goes the fact that I remember. Now I know nothing. <laughs> I just remember yeah. these this co- combination of people being on it. Exactly. And that letter yeah, being yeah. the thing of the week or whatever. I don't, know, I don't know why we have so many panel shows. It, I mean, I guess it's a way for uh, comedians to promote themselves. I think I've got a reason why. What? Because for the longest time, BBC was the person putting out content. BBC doesn't have adverts, so they have limited budget. And what's the probably cheapest way you can make a lot of programming to pad around Five people shows? in a desk. Yeah, it's that, just. I guess that's literally, true. Literally, or you, need, you could probably use the same. I think a lot of them do, where they use the same studio, because all you need to do is change a few lights and a few graphics. Yeah, you just here change and there. the color. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's just a good. Because there's also the big fat quiz of the year. That's another panel show. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of them over here. It's, it's basically just a good way for comedians to not have to either be in a sitcom or seeing them live. It's, it's a lot of comedians use it to work out uh, material and stuff. Um, which is quite fun a lot of the time. Uh, and it's a quite a good way to kind of sample them as well, because often you'll find that certain comedians will be funnier on panel shows. There are certain comedians that appear again and again and again and again, whereas yeah. there are others that you only see like once. <laughs> and it's like, ah, they didn't quite get get that in a way. But if you watch a lot of panel shows, generally you can be like, oh, so-and-so is doing a tour, because England is quite reasonably sized uh, for driving and things. Nine times out of ten, if there's a stand-up comic playing a decent amount of dates, you can drive and get to them within two hours easy if they're not huge, huge. But normally within God, 40 minutes. I mean, from us, it's Southampton, Bournemouth and Portsmouth. If there's if there's a show that's quite big, normally it plays one of the yeah, three. Yeah. So we're just more tightly knit, I think, with our comedy and stuff. So there's like a, a smaller pool of comedians to choose from, maybe. And so it's just easier to kind of... They all do the rounds, in a way. I do wish we had that that function of it here that a place where like an up-and-comer who's really getting their traction you know could could get on one of these panel shows and you've got and, something close uh, to that joe rogan's podcast that's about <laughs> it's just the, the one Man. i know i know a lot of people don't like him but it's more just like anytime there's an up-and-coming comedian who just pop up on joe rogan's show well because because obviously because you want that exposure because it's, it's the most popular podcast in the world mm. obviously that's the brass ring in terms of getting your voice and your humor out to people is to get on Joe Rogan. Yeah. And over here it's getting on eight out of 10 casters countdown. <laughs> Would I lie to you? Yeah. There was also, Russell um, Howard's good yeah, news. I was going to say Russell Howard's good news, Love which him. isn't a panel show, but he always did that bit at the end where there was like an up and comer comedian mm. that he let do a bit. So that 10 could, minutes yeah. or so. Yeah. A little set. Uh, yeah. Which is really good. It's like remembering where you came from. 
yeah. you know, help it, helping the, the generation behind you. I love Russell Howard. He's so yeah. cute. It's like Jason Manford as well. He's a British comedian. He set up his own comedy night so that up and coming actors could get a little like start and obviously has some publicity because it's got his name attached to it because we went to one of the shows didn't we yeah three it's normally he it's his presenting it but often he's not at the he's not at all of the places he just owns the whole it's just his name is attached to it to kind of draw people and then it's got four up-and-comers uh for stand-up but yeah it is um the weird thing is though there's a lot of stand-up comics we see live that don't have support acts half of them seem to and half of them just don't i don't think i've ever been to a stand-up comedy show where there's been a support act. really I mean, you mean like me. a, uh, an opener yeah, yeah. oh yeah. yeah i depend it depends on the night you usually want to warm up man you want somebody else to go out there and do 10 minutes to just get the crowd loose mm, maybe just british crowds are more loose anyway don't need any warm-up yeah, no I, foreplay I, I for the british think, just no. right into it i don't think i've <laughs> ever been to a stand-up show where there's been a a person starting before the actual person that you want to I've, see i've been to about five that have and probably about 10 that haven't so weird <laughs> yeah but then i think i showed a bit do you, your comedians often just do an hour, though, don't they? They go up and do an hour-long bit. I haven't been fortunate enough to see a lot of live comedy specials. Hmm. So I'd have to base it on, you know, the DVD, which, you know, is usually, yeah, like an, an hour, an hour and a half. But when you do go to comedy, there's usually, it's either a show with multiple comics, you know, or, yeah, there's going to be an opening act because somebody's got to warm that crowd up. Hmm. Like, oh, what? I saw uh, Jim Jeffries. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. And yeah, he had a local guy. Um, and I don't know if this guy toured with him for a while or, you know, he just picks up a new opener in each city. Either one's a good uh, way to approach it. Oh, he, he was really good, actually, the opener. Sadly, can't remember his name. But, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I'd say an opening act is more common if you're talking about a show with just one headlining comedian. Hmm. Yeah, we there's not that many thinking about it. Yeah, because I've, yeah, seen... I've seen Jimmy Carr like four or five times and he's never had a warm-up but act. But his sets are two, uh, one and a half hours. His sets are longer. I've hours. also seen Russell Howard live and he didn't have a warm-up. I think a lot of the time they have longer sets though because I've never Yeah, seen... they're normally like two hours long. Yeah. most of, So most of our comedians, I think they do, often they have intervals as well, pre-COVID. So it would normally, that comedian would come out, do 45 minutes to an hour, you have a 15 minute break and then you'd come back and they'd play, they'd Another be back on the show. Hour. Yeah, a lot of the time musical comedians do that a lot more, like Bill Bailey and I think Tim Minchin and stuff. That's a lot of energy you gotta you gotta leave on that stage. I mean, even if you're just doing regular stand up, you you absolutely need to, yeah, go in the back, grab a Gatorade or Lucasade, excuse me, uh, ring <laughs> out your clothes for all the sweat and and get back out there. Yeah, yeah. it's with the because gigs with music though. We always have loads of support. If they're really big bands, there's normally one or two support. If they're a mid sized band, there's like yeah, three, there's always four, an opening five. band. Yeah. That is weird. It is. I wonder. I wonder if, in some ways, maybe it's just that our approach to the theatre is different to Americans. I have no idea. Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. We'll have to. We'll have to leave that to the professional comedians. All yeah. right. You. You pick our our last starting place for for this episode. I'm kind of talking. Do you want any of those, Megan? Because we've got the ones we haven't tackled yet. Are basically those top five, or well, the six actually. Um, I don't know. Uh, do you want me to choose it? Am I putting too much pressure on you? Yeah, you put, uh, yeah, you put me on Suddenly. the spot and there's like five options. You're talking to like the most indecisive person. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Let's go with um, quite probably quite a simple one. Actually, No. No. Simple one. Pants, trousers. What is that? Do you know of any reason why like we, we call them? I don't know pants. why you insist on calling them pants when they're clearly under pants. Yeah, but I, I see that I see that point. But pants are already under trousers, and also, do you see a pair of pants 
because we say a pair of trousers. Yeah, I mean, we say we say a pair of pants, a pair of trousers, a pair of panties, a single bra, despite the fact there's two things in there. I I really really hate the word panties. I oh. absolutely loathe it with every fiber of my being. <laughs> so I guess I guess you really wouldn't like if I said moist panties. I hate moist as well. It's so gross. <laughs> yeah, I don't I, I don't know why that that thing is that. I have a fun story about pants slash trousers confusion though. Do it. Go for it. My uh, my friend, the the previously aforementioned one that lives in North Carolina. You're not going to say um, a shout out. I mean, hi, Mary, if you're listening. Um, Depends on the quality of the story. <laughs> <laughs> she um, she was once telling me about a time that she was wearing a skirt. Um, and then, like, the wind blew up her skirt. So she accidentally flashed her friends. And she was like, oh, it's because I wasn't wearing any pants. And I was like, Mary, that's disgusting. I was like, why on earth were you not wearing pants? I was like, you were wearing a skirt. And she was like, why would I wear pants with a skirt? And I was like... Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you wear pants with a skirt? And then she was like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> she was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, pants. She was like, yeah, but specifically what? I was like, well, your underwear. And she was like, oh, no, 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 no. She was like, I mean, I mean, trousers. And I was like, oh, I was like, why? Why is that word so different? Because that is, that completely changes the definition of that story. It's either oh, I accidentally, accidentally showed my underwear to him. Flash my Or... You showed, I showed him my vagina, my fanny, <laughs> <laughs> in both senses of the word. <laughs> but it's weird as well because the things we pants, the word pants aren't used as much anymore in England. Just in my lifetime, I don't use the word pants that because often. of Americans, if, because of, because of the confusion, because of you guys screwing up our language. <laughs> most people now we say underwear. I, I pretty much always say underwear when I'm speaking about uh, pants. I mean, if I was asking you to get something out the drawer for me, and I would be like, oh, can you pass me a pair of pants, please? Yeah, that's a good point. I suppose also men's underwear, there's boxers, briefs, and banana yeah. hammocks? I don't know. <laughs> was that only swimwear? I don't know. I don't wear them, so I have no idea. Yeah. Well, I wonder what the reason for that that crossover in the language is. I don't know. Is. I mean, we tend to only use trousers when referring to like a suit. Mm. You know, your your suit is one jacket, two pairs of trousers, or slacks. That'd be so more what slacks mean? Is slacks trousers? Slacks are trousers, but it's not. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like on the casual on the casual end of. Uh, but it, it would re- definitely refer to non-jeans because jeans are jeans; they're their own. Yeah, that's I, mean, the same I, I would st- I would still say I am wearing pants, despite the fact that I am quite warm. Uh, so that sentence would still make sense, or to say I am wearing jeans, but I wouldn't say of my jeans. I would never say that I am wearing slacks or that I am wearing trousers. Yeah, I think that's the same here. If, if you're wearing, you don't say I'm wearing trousers if you're wearing jeans. You say you're wearing jeans. Yeah, yeah. Drink jeans again are their own separate thing, but they are still classed. They are trousers. Yeah, they're under the umbrella of trousers, but they're just special enough to. Yeah, spe- they're jeans. It's like when most people have like um, a smartphone that's an Apple smartphone. It's like this is my iPhone. It's not just my phone. It's my iPhone, and I catch myself doing it as well. You just say my phone. But I say my iPhone. <laughs> Can you pass my Samsung, please? <laughs> yeah, see, just trying to lord it over those of us in the the Android family. <laughs> oh, not quite. Even Megan... Mike's phone is like it's so Seven old. Seven <laughs> years old. I'm on the iPhone six. The iPhone six S, actually. Wow. The company yeah. my husband does tech support for, they don't even support back to six. Seven is the earliest they support. <laughs> yeah, most people. Most people are like, you still have an iPhone with headphone jack, and I say yes because I refuse to I let them. I've got another. I've got an Android. Galaxy S8. It's Samsung Galaxy S8. It's yeah, which was me- which is the same as Megan's phone, but she's so sick of her phone now, she wants to upgrade. And I'm I'm soon, not s- <laughs> I'm soon to upgrade from my phone, which is an iPhone 6S, to not her phone. Done that. 
Yeah. We, we've done that in our house where I've gotten my husband's uh, old phone because he always goes for tech specs. And so even if they're out of date, it's still more tech than I would have gotten for myself. Same thing with her laptops. When I finally got rid of my uh, bought secondhand from a closed down call center and it had about that much power to it, tower computer, uh, where I'd like, I edited uh, a documentary for our Game of Thrones burlesque show, and my computer could only hold one scene at a time. Oh, my God. And it took an entire day, literally 23 hours to export the movie. And then it turned out it didn't work. Um, so, yeah, hand me down tech. I totally dig that. Keep it keep it in the family. That's, that's how I roll. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I'm not one for flashy stuff. Same with, like, cars and things. I'm just... You know, apart from occasional t-shirts, I think that's about it. I'll buy a new t-shirt every six months, maybe. <laughs> just go, I just it. go to trade shows. I just go to like a podcasting conference and just fill up on on free t-shirts, half for me and half for the hubs. One thing I will say actually is linking into this is thrift stores in America are so good. They're so good. I love the thrift stores in America. They're much better shops? than our charity shops here. Hmm. They're massive. Like the ones is, that- Are the terms equivalent? Because I've always wondered about charity shop is is it equivalent to thrift stores as you've experienced them it would be the most equivalent thing because does does thrift stores always give money to charity or not no not always because it's kind of just a secondhand store isn't it yeah some are secondhand stores and some are charity based or or like social program based like um goodwill and the we do not patron them the salvation army (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we've we've got a couple of Salvation Army shops, but, but like, all our secondary chari- shops. Ta- charity shops are specifically for charity, whereas like the thrift stores are the equivalent. That's that's the only equivalent that I can go to. But yeah, yeah. So you always you always donate, you go, give your clothes for free to these shops, and they'll sell it for a tiny amount, and then yeah, give a portion of it to charity. But the only thing we've got is CEX. Um, yeah, but that's is, for DVDs. That's, that's for tech and stuff. DVDs. So we've got like the only the only stores we have that sell second-hand things that aren't like you know massive appliances and whatnot they are basically just computer electronics stores they don't give to charity hmm. but when it's a general thing which is either clothes stores or like it's like clothes books you can get board dvds games. in there board games uh, uh some furniture, furniture. Yeah. But that's the same with thrift stores as well because i've seen furniture and yeah, all our shops over here that i've seen that are charity shops are, are much smaller than thrift stores in yeah. america the only thing i will say is the ones in america are massive like it's some trader of- joe's one Trader Joe's is a, store. It's a grocery it's store. It's a grocery See, store. I don't know anything about these places. It's because I think about you wearing Trader your... Joe's. <laughs> Trader Joe's is the upper middle class woo-woo offshoot of Aldi. They it's sell still, really nice trail mix there. It's still all house brands, uh, but people are just they're they're ride or die trailer Trader Joe's. They just they are hardcore. Once you get one near you, you are a hardcore Trader Joe's person. It's literally Aldi in a different skin. I see. Okay, because it's, it's owned by half of the Aldi company. Because there's Aldi North and Aldi South, and one half of it is also Trader Joe's. Oh, huh, see. I always get confused because you got that flannel shirt that you like wearing. Yes, yeah, so, so, so my flannel shirt I bought in America for three dollars fifty, and I it's literally my favorite item of clothing that I own. It's a Dickies shirt, if that means anything to. It's a brand of workwear. Yes. Yeah. Someone told me I, I got a, like a car share Uber with someone. He was like, "That's actually a decent brand," and I was like, "Oh, cool. Well, I like this." Yeah, that's it's, shirt. <laughs> it. They, you're talking like a forty, fifty dollars shirt because they're $3. meant to dollars fifty. <laughs> yeah. Because well, it's for farmers and people who work for a living, and it needs to be hard wearing. And yeah, so uh, Dickies, Carhartt, uh, those kind of brands are are the 
the farmer and mechanic kind of brands. Like I've got two pairs of Dickies work pants that I just love. Cause for one thing, there's a, a thigh pocket that is the exact height of my arm. And I can just, I can put my, I can put my phone in and out of my pocket, like a six, like a, a sharpshooter pulling his six gun. <laughs> I just, so that was really good when I was working at a store at a, a wine shop where I wasn't allowed to go around and tidy the store. I had to stay in view of the, the exit just to make sure no one who was, wasn't 21, you know, took alcohol or anybody stole. Um, so like, I, I literally have nothing I can do. I've already tidied the desk. I guess I'll scroll my phone, but I could be put it away before anybody saw. <laughs> Confessions. Shout out to Dickies. No, we all did because we weren't, we couldn't walk away from the register to tidy, you know, like a proper retail associate should. I was retail my whole life, everybody. I have very high standards for this. Um, you know, not like at Aldi where the second you are finished with a customer, you get your ass up. Also, I swear at Aldi, they are like paid on or trained rather to be the fastest checkout people in the world. It's like, yes, literally shot at by your shopping. Oh, I've got a question relating to that. Actually, I know we're wrapping yeah. up, but do you guys have self scan checkouts? And stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, and and it's, and it's a prickly issue. Uh, Cause you'll always have that one person who is like, will not use them and is defiant. And, you know, if I don't use this, the store will staff more cashiers. No, they don't. They've already made the decision. By the time the self-checkout machine is there, they have already cu- uh, cut the hours. So do they, do they still have people it. that, because there were people that was like a bag boy, wasn't there? Isn't that like a thing? Do they still have people That's, where they put your groceries in the bag for you? It's rare. Uh, we used to have a local grocery store chain here that it was mandatory. They were going to bag and take them to your car. You couldn't, you know, unless it was something you were carrying in one hand that he was putting it in the cart and taking it out for you. It was just part of the service. I find that so But that, one, that was, you know, you'd get that at a more expensive or a, a local grocery store. You won't get it in the big uh, interstate chains. You you bag your own, basically. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because we On don't the whole. Or, or the cat. Well, actually, they've redesigned. Actually, what's happened in the last 10 years, now that I think about it properly, is a lot of the grocery chains have redesigned the cash register station so the cashier can bag. Read, so the cashier has to bag and they don't have to hire bag boys. Oh, mm-hmm. well, they already had that over here. Over here, it's a given that the cashiers always say, do you want to bag your own or do you want me to do it? Those. Yeah, I always want to bag my own shopping. Yeah, they don't bag. They just bag it quick. They don't put all the right things together. Got to put like, cans at the bottom and stuff. <laughs> all right, Mike, you don't need to explain to everyone how you bag your shopping. Sure people, any newbies, <laughs> any newbies. To- this is how we do it in England. If it's worth doing, it's worth doing properly. <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> you know, we don't have paper and plastic, though. That's not a thing of bags that we, we don't have over here. We just have plastic. Uh, some Nowadays, places, ha- then there are more, more stores that are having... I mean, there's, yeah. Yeah, there's much more plastic uh, than, there is, than there is paper. Um, do you guys have any programs where, like... It, you're taxed for the bags or uh, yeah, you have to charge for the outrage. bags. Or, yeah, there's, there's an outrage about bag. five years ago where the outrage was just older generation complaining basically because you have to pay either five or 10p for a, a bag now rather than getting it for free. My thing Even though that- every British house everywhere that a British person has a lives, bag of bags. Has bag a bag of bags. Of bags. Yeah. yeah. But they, back in the days, you know, five years ago or whatever, before it cost money, people would have so many they just wouldn't know what to do with it your entire areas would just have because british people no one wants to throw any of the bags away because they might be useful at some point but because people never made the effort to remember them in their car they'd always get free ones but now they've gone oh you have to pay people like no it made me laugh pay for my bag and now everyone's quite good with them yeah it made me laugh how angry (laughs) 
our nation got with having to pay for bags because like no one reasonable really well though. again like <laughs> linking to Italy they've been doing that for like literally as long as I can remember it's always been a thing in Italy should. that you pay for your bags so when everyone in England was getting all up in arms I was just like this is a really normal thing like, in Europe it's just in, in Europe it's standard yeah it's not five cents or something I think a lot of the time isn't it just yeah. an add on it makes sense though why not I'm assuming that's the same in America I can't remember from when I went no, most places you still, you know, are, are are given as many bags as you need. But some cities and states are are starting to hmm. um, ban, you know, free plastic bags. And of course, I worked at an Aldi where they don't, you know, you have to buy bags or bring bags anyway. Hmm. And I'm I'm very much of the philosophy that if you can carry it in one hand, you don't take a bag. Yeah, which is usually because I forgot mine. So yeah, same. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, whenever I was driving, we'd always have bags in the car, but Megan's normally forget so it's like how much can we carry do we have to buy another bag <laughs> you see me walking out the shop with like a stack like a like a, a juggler yeah yeah exactly. or you try to do that thing when you're going into the aldi of i'm not going to get a cart and that will limit the amount of stuff i can carry and thus the amount of stuff that i buy and you you end up like with it stacked <laughs> up to your nose you make yeah. it work you because you walk down the aisle of mad shit you walk down the aldi finds aisle and you know you shouldn't that's where you know what happened in. last time yeah yeah it I'm just like, gets you. Do I need more yarn? Do I? Yes, do I, I need do. This nice need plant more. pot. <laughs> do I need that plant yeah. pot? Yes, I do. Yeah, I That's only three quid. I might as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, if I'm there, I curate. You're like, Michael, can I, can I get this? <laughs> like, do we need it though? It's the end of the month. We don't get paid for another week. Do we need to spend that money on that thing there? Probably not. <laughs> but sometimes, sometimes you get through. We I come do. back to something random. Ah, uh, the joys They'll of get adulthood. You. They'll get you every time. Indeed. I mean, is there anything else you want to add to this? Because uh, we can, I've got like a, a couple more, but I can always save them for another edition. Uh, oh, well, that's what I want to do. I want to make sure that we always have plenty to talk about. And I suspect that's not going to be a problem. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, cool. Uh, shall we wrap up? We can say where we can find each other on uh, social media and that sort of jazz if there's nothing Plug your pluggables. Pluggables. Go on, Megan, you go first. You're the star of the show. Yeah, so I have the most amazing podcast in the world. It's called I Don't Have One. Um, <laughs> if you want to follow me on Instagram uh, and follow my health and fitness journey, it is at Grits Gets Fit. And I'm not going to spell it out, Mike, uh, but now you're looking at me. G-R-I-T-T-S-G-E-T-S-F-I-T. I was too cocky then. I forgot how to spell. Yeah. Yeah. It's mainly because your name is Gritty. So it's Grits, but Grits with two Ts. That's why I always get you to spell it. Not to be confused with the food which is something in america so that's something else grits isn't that a thing yes grits uh yeah. it's like it's like um you can think of it as the country cousin to polenta ah okay oh okay it's it's, it's made with white corn so the texture is a little bit different and it's uh looser rather than like how polenta you could cut shapes out of it you know um hmm. but, I mentioned yeah, this in the last podcast i think that's how you know what it was called no, I've heard of it before. But anyway, uh-huh. you go. Yeah. There you go. Okay. You, go, you, you have a denny's there might be there might very well be grits <laughs> but i want to know if you know about the other gritty that we have here, the mascot. No. Okay. This is a thing that happened in Philadelphia for their hockey team a year or two ago. They came out with this mascot. Feel free to Google this so I can see your reactions. Um, just put gritty, gritty mascot. Okay. And, and it'll, he'll, he'll pop right up. And you'll know for sure if, you, if you're looking at the right thing, because you'll be like, what the hell is this? Oh, yeah, I've got it. And that's what the city of Philadelphia oh my God. It looks like said. a giant cheese puff. I love yeah. him. Well, the city of Philadelphia was very against uh, Gritty until the rest of the country got on board and was very against Gritty. And then Philadelphia was like, well, he's ours and we love him. (laughs) 
he's doing a Kim. He's doing the same photo shoot with Kim. You know the Kim Kardashian. Oh, yeah, they like him. Pops they champagne do, onto her They bum. do so much with him, and he's, it's just he's hilarious. Fun. He looks like the honey monster. He does look a little bit like the money honey monster. His name is spelled slightly differently to mine. Mine's with an I at the end, not a Y. But I oh, love well, him. Well, because you have the feminized version. <laughs> yeah, well, the yeah. Italian, the Italian surname. Yeah, because here's you'll be able to see this, uh, Moxie. You've just this is what our honey monster look like. This is a cereal mascot. Yeah, so like honeycombs, uh, right? Yeah, well, it might be the same. Oh, no, as- he's different, yeah. Yeah, that's the other, another thing that's similar but trips us up is the names of cereals, but I'll make sure to put that on the list. Oh, yeah. Because we'll uh, like your Cocoa edition. Pops are a different things than, than our Cocoa Pops, yeah. Yeah. Huh. yeah we've and, then I'll, and I'll be made to apologize for the fact that 85% of the cereals here have, you know, a, a solid kilo of sugar per box. Yeah, whereas we're, we're, a bit less. we're about 30% <laughs> of our stuff is really, really, really bad for us. So. Well, I'd like to hold you guys accountable for Weetabix because I'd like to know how Particle Board is part of a healthy breakfast. I had Weetabix earlier today. I had the cheap versions, Wheat yeah. Biscuits. <laughs> the, the Audi version yeah. of Weetabix. Like 17p for 40 of them or something. I don't, they're not... I have oh, to wait, I'm a cereal edition. I'll save that. The craziness of the cereals. Um, but off that tangent, you can find me at Genuine Chit Chat on Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook. Uh, I've got my show, Genuine Chit Chat, where it's probably potentially where you're listening to this. If you're on Moxie's feed, you can come over to my show and you can listen you to Moxie should. as well. Both our shows, if you like one of our shows, you'll like the other one's show. So you should just listen to them both because they're amazing. Exactly. And my show is Your Brain on Facts, your weekly half hour of things you never knew you never knew. And we should definitely come up with a, an actual intro and outro for this because now we're just like, well, what do we say now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's like The episode is like called UK versus US, but it's more... Well, we have to think of something clever, or I'll have to think of some really bad names and inspire you to think of something clever. <laughs> no, well, I'll, I'll probably just see your name and think of one a little bit worse. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> well, that's what we'll have to do. That'll be the plan for the next the next one that we uh, in, uh, eventually do. I'll have a note of serials. We've got a few other things to talk about, and then we'll figure out some sort of intro and outro thing for them. But it's been so much fun, as always, chatting with you, Moxie. Thank you so much for both coming on my show and having us on your show simultaneously absolutely and we're definitely doing another christmas edition so if nothing else we know we'll talk again in six months <laughs> <laughs> awesome sauce and we'll let's finish All right, recording. and that's a wrap and that's the end of the podcast thanks as always for tuning in guys if you haven't already make sure you go and check out episodes 93 and 111 of genuine chit chat for moxie's other appearances obviously episode 111 is a christmas special so i won't be offended if you miss that but if this is your first time listening to moxie yeah make sure you check out episode 93 and check out the your brain on facts podcast because it is a lot of fun so what have we got coming up then? Well, I'm trying to be brief in this. I'm going away with Megan. We're going to Manchester for a few days and then we're also going to the Lake District for a few days and then when I get back, I'm going to a stag do. So it's going to be quite a busy couple of weeks. So for next week and the week after, I'm not going to be releasing normal episodes of Genuine Chit Chat on this feed. What I'm going to be doing on one of the Sundays is releasing a road trip episode. So me and Megan went to Somerset in, I think it was April or May time and we recorded our road trip there and um, we've done this before last year, I think, in summer and put it on the main feed. But I actually 
recorded it and put it on the Patreon feed. And so what we're going to do is something similar this year. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to release the road trip from Somerset episode. I'm going to release that on this main feed. And in the meantime, while I'm in the Lake District of Manchester with Megan, I'm going to record some things while we're on the move and things. I'm going to release that to Patreons. So Patreons are going to get our road trips currently. You guys are going to get a road trip from a couple months back and we'll kind of go from there. I have a feeling that I may end up releasing um, one or two other Patreon things on this feed as well, uh, just so you guys have something to listen to uh, while I'm gone. But also try and be like, hey, if you were a Patreon supporter, you would have got this several months ago. And all Patreon supporters are going to be getting, as I said, some other road trip things. And I've already got a couple of other things that I've recorded that are going to be lined up there. So if you really want more content from Genuine Chit Chat and you want to support the show, you can do it for as little as £1 a month, where you get access to the full RSS feed, uh, which is just a link you put into your podcast app. And then you get the access to the Genuine Chit Chat Patreon feed, which gets you early access to certain episodes when there's two parters, when part one drops on this feed, part two and part one drop in one episode on the Patreon feed when part one drops. And then also there's a weekly Afterthoughts show that I do with Megan where we review movies and TV shows. Uh, normally like 10 or 20 minutes long. We do new movies, we do uh, older ones, all kinds of variety and whatnot. And Megan's now, because one of our patrons, oh, well, Tony, uh, asked about when we're going to be doing a Harry Potter run through because we're just doing a Star Wars one, uh, we'll inevitably be doing a Harry Potter run through, which Megan is going to be very excited about because she loves Harry Potter pretty much as much as I love Star Wars. So <laughs> that tells you as much as you need to know. Uh, but that's basically what you can expect for the next couple of weeks. I do have a podcast recorded from a gentleman named Craig from the Irrational Ignorance podcast. Um, it was a really, really good conversation with him. That's just going to be released as one full episode because the conversation was uh, only a bit over an hour long. So I'll be releasing that upon my return. So that's going to be more so towards the end of August. I think it's going to be the last weekend of August. And then from there, I've got a few other recordings um, booked and whatnot. So it's going to be a lot of fun. The, the second half of the year, I mean, we're in August now, so we're past the second half of the year. But I've still got lots of cool stuff coming out on this feed and a lot of other cool things coming out on Star Wars Comics and Canon as well. And aside from that, there's a few guest spots I've been involved with. The most recent one was me talking about one of my favorite ever films called The Way, Way Back. And that is, it's kind of like a people movie in a sense. It's got Steve Carell in it, Tony Collette, uh, Mayor Rudolph, and one of my favorite actors ever, Sam Rockwell. It's a really, really good movie. And I went on the Have Not Seen This podcast, and the host is named Rafe. And we had a really, really good time talking about that. So there's a link to that in the description. And then also in the description, there's links to a lot of other things with comics in motion I've been involved with. Uh, I've done a review of Black Widow that was all filled with spoilers uh, myself Megan and Tonya Todd have did two episodes about the Loki series as well I've also appeared on Mandatory Marvel and DC to talk about the new 52 comic Endgame I've also been on Indie Comic Spotlight and we did the Flintstones run the first volume by Mark Russell and I was also on a YouTube video Star Wars Timeline he does a podcast uh, once a week which is the Timecast and myself and Ben which is the host spoke about the three different Star Wars trilogies how they feel differently how they worked differently in, in some respects didn't work and it was just a really good conversation so if you're a big fan of star wars make sure you check that out as i said links to these are in the description so there's no excuse not to check those out Anyway, that's going to be enough from me, guys. So you'll hear a normal episode thing from me in a couple of weeks' time, but I will, I'm pretty certain I'm going to record a little intro and thing uh, for the other episodes I'll be releasing on this feed just to keep you guys posted. And uh, yeah, if you want to know exactly what me and Megan are up to, if you want to hear our road trip episodes that we'll be releasing, and if you want to get access to hours and hours of other content and also support the show, you can do it for as little as £1 a month. Think about that. You spend that in a shop without even thinking about it. And if you did it with me, it would genuinely, it changes my life. Every time a new person does it, it, it really makes such a huge difference. And I appreciate everyone who does that so much. You get a full portion of my undying love as well. So 
you know, money can't buy happiness, but it can buy the genuine chit chat Patreon feed, which is a lot of fun. Anyway, guys, that's enough from me. Thank you as always for listening. Make sure you shout out Moxie Labouche on all the social media places because she is a wonderful person to have on the show. And thank you as always for listening. And uh, yeah, I'll talk to you guys next week. You have just experienced host, creator, everything else of genuine chit chat, and also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon found on the Comics in Motion podcast, Mike Burton.